And uh, we're so thrilled to have Pete with us. Pete uh, has been a, a mentor to me for over 15 years now. He tries to keep me in check alongside family and friends. And it's tough for him. But, um, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Uh, but we're so grateful. A couple of times a year, Pete comes and spends time with us. And he's here today. So why don't you give a massive welcome all the way from Inverness for our friend Pete Gilbert. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful, bless you. Let me just put my watch there so I can keep my eye on the time, give you a sense of hope and faith. That uh, means nothing to me, really, but just more for you. And move this out of the way. There we go. Thank you. Wonderful. So good. So good to, to be with you. I love coming uh, to Zio Church. Fantastic to be with you in person, see faces that I know, uh, which is great. Maybe even more exciting, see faces I don't know. Uh, always a sign of a growing church, which is just, just wonderful. I bring you greetings. Let me start with that uh, from our own church, which is Inverness Vineyard Church, all the way up uh, in the Highlands of Scotland, which, as you probably know, is where God actually lives. Okay, so just, just to be clear about that uh, at the outset. Um, I've been asked to speak, I, I'm, I, I'm particularly, I'm always glad to be here, but I'm particularly excited to be here because of what Matt has just talked about, which is what is happening in two weeks' time. And in two weeks' time, you have got an opportunity in terms of giving to demonstrate something of the generosity and the blessing and the richness and the mercy of God and all that he is and all that he has been and all that he will be and all that he's given and all that he's done for you. And you get a chance in two weeks' time to demonstrate a little bit of that. And, and so I get to be here today where I've been asked to speak about the subject of generosity. And yes, necessarily, I'm going to talk about money, but actually that's the least of it. In so many ways, it's the least of it. I've got a friend, I have, I have got a friend, um, just the one, uh, but I've got, I've got a friend who uh, lives in Norfolk, a dear friend, and uh, she and her husband uh, are currently expanding the house that they live in. And I was with this friend just uh, this week, actually, uh, and she, uh, we said, how's it going? How's it getting on? Because it's a lot of work and, you know, all the structure and the buildings and the girder and all that sort of stuff and, you know, pray for this and pray for that. And she said, well, actually, we really do need some prayer because we have discovered, we have discovered that, <laughs> sorry, I spoiled that shot for you, didn't I? Uh, we, we, we have discovered uh, that the, the architect got it slightly wrong. Uh, and the foundations which we put in are actually slightly too small uh, and should be different by about a metre and a half on two storeys. You know, that's a significant amount of space uh, to, be, to be wrong by. And so they're now replanning and replotting and re-extending and rebuilding uh, so that they can have the space that they should have. And it's really, really important, isn't it, that that's where we start in our walk with, with Jesus. That's where we start in our walk with the Father. That's where we start in our connectivity with the Holy Spirit, that we get the right foundations. Because if we understand the foundations of who God is and how God is and who he is to us, then everything else will follow. And if we don't get that right, then somewhere along the line, we're probably going to have to redig and re-explore and re-extend and re all of that stuff. And that's my starting place, really, for, for this morning when it comes to talking about generosity, because the foundation lies with the very nature of God, with actually who he is. 
in his character, in his personality, in his engagement with the world, his engagement with you, we love, we worship, and we follow a God who is exuberant, a God who is extravagant, an amazing God, a, a God of supreme generosity, a creator God who didn't just create, I know you know this, but who created in munificence, in magnificence, in splendor, who created not just a few flowers, but a whole abundance of flora, who, not just a few animals, but a whole amazing scope of fauna. A God who, who creates extravagantly and exuberantly Kindly and generously. Look around you. Look, I've just, I've just had, two, two and a half weeks ago, uh, I can't remember, you must have seen this when I've been here before fairly recently. In the last two years, uh, my eyes really declined, uh, partly because of a lot of screen work during lockdown, but also because of cataracts. I ended up with double cataracts. And it's quite possible that the last time I was here, I was reading the Bible like this sort of thing. And I've just had, two and a half weeks ago, a, a double cataract operation. Oh, yes. It wasn't great, but it's great now, let me tell you. Just, and I am so grateful to God because every good gift comes from God. I, yeah, I prayed that God would just heal them and I wouldn't have to have the, you know, all that sort of stuff, but every good gift comes from God. And now I can see again. Yeah, I can see your faces. You could leave it to yourself, well, that's a good bad thing, but I can see you. And I, but do you know what? It's more than focus. It's also color. And I can see richness and color. We had our kitchen <laughs> painted uh, uh, about halfway through this process before I had the operation. And it was such a color that I couldn't honestly tell you what color it was. I can now see the color of my kitchen. It's horrible. No, no, it's not. No, it's, not. No, it's, not. It's, it's really good. But when God made color, he didn't just make a few colors or keep everything black and white. It's exuberant. It's extravagant. The nature of God is that he is generous. He is a God of blessing. You read your Bible, and where do we start in Genesis? We start in Genesis chapter 1 with the description of the story of creation. And what is the upshot? What is the final upshot of the story of creation? Well, God makes this and that and the other, and it's good. And then he makes people like you and me, and nothing else and no, nothing else at all is made in his image, but we're made in his image. And at the end of doing that, God looks and he says, now that's not good, that's very good. And what's the very next thing he says? Be blessed. Go forth, be blessed. In Genesis 1, God is a God of blessing. Track it through. It's all the way through the Old Testament. We end up at the end of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi. And what do we read there? That God longs to open up the window, I love that phrase, the windows of heaven and pour out what on his people? Blessing. God is a God of blessing. And then we have a five-year, 400, 500-year gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the people have got to think, you know, God's gone storm. What's happened? Why is he not talking to us anymore? And as the, as, as the writer of the book of Hebrews says, you know, in many ways and various ways in the past, God spoke to us through the prophets. But now, but now, supremely through Jesus, his son. And what do we find? Jesus picks up the same thing because he is very God, the supreme representation of God himself, God wrapped up in human flesh. So Jesus is a generous Jesus. 
He's a generous Jesus. The very first, you know it, don't you? The first public miracle that Jesus does is at a wedding. You've got Alex's wedding coming up uh, in a week and a half so time with a, a, an event down in, in London. And as Matt phrased it this morning, uh, an event up here for wider people. That would include me in probably, but for, for wider people. And, and Jesus starts, you know, this is not a coincidence. He chooses to start his public ministry with an opportunity where he's at a wedding, where early in, a Jewish wedding, seven days long, early in, second day or so in, and the wine has run out, and what does Jesus do out of filthy, mucky, ceremonial washing water, demonstrating that Jesus brings wonderful stuff out of crap stuff, forgive my friend, out of 600, it depends on how you do the measurements, but... He brings out of this water, filthy water, the very best wine, somewhere between six to nine hundred bottles of wine. I want him at my parties. <laughs> Fantastic. Because God is a generous God. And he's a God who longs to bless. And therefore, Jesus is a generous God, the Son of God, who longs to bless. And he goes right through his ministry doing exactly the same thing. Whether, you know, whether it's organizing meals for people who think nobody loves them and nobody likes them, but Zacchaeus, I'm coming around your place tonight. Eating with his friends, creating food for minimum 5,000 people uh, go miraculously. Why? Because God is a God of blessing. And you and I are made in the image of God. And we are made, we are image bearers. Therefore, if this, then that. And if God is a God of generosity, and if God is a God of blessing, he wants us to be people of generosity and people of great blessing. And I, I want us to read, we're going to read a passage from Scripture, so if you've got your Bibles uh, with you in whatever form, it's going to help you now just to turn, always got to think, to turn to Scripture. We're going to, just going to read a few verses uh, from the Second Corinthians and um, chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, and it starts, uh, obviously Apostle Paul here writing to one of the churches he's planted, and it starts with a little, uh, what, a little plea, a, a, little, a little urge, Remember, says Paul, remember this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, picking it up at verse 6. This is important. He's underlining this. Remember this, says the apostle Paul. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Listen out for the alls here. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every, or all, same word, good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So we get a clue there. When we talk about seed, he's not just talking about seed. He's talking about what we need. 
He's talking about a harvest of righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Oh, that's fantastic. Here's a great way to praise God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Oh, so there's something in here about generosity and mission. Interesting. The gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. My personal, I don't commonly share this, this is widely actually, but my personal ministry maxim, if you like, my, my, my by, bystanding phrase, the, the thing, I, the, the filter I put everything through, the, what, what goes in my diary and what doesn't and so on. So, since I started ministry 44 years ago, my personal ministry maxim has been the maximum amount of God to the maximum number of people. The maximum amount of God to the maximum number of people. Because God is a generous God of blessing and he's made us in his image. We are image bearers to be, if that, then this. Let's have a quick look at some of the things that that, that, that little passage that we read out there uh, can help us with. First of all, in verse uh, 6, I think what you see there in verse 6 is these are, these are analogies, are they not drawn right from creation? So we start off there with what I think Paul is clearly saying is, guys, this is, this is written into the DNA of everything. This is a creation principle. You know, this whole thing about generosity, this whole thing about you reproduce after your own kind, it's written in nature itself. Uh, I don't know, and I don't particularly care, actually, uh, what your view is on creation and on evolution and how, yeah, how it all happened. I personally don't know. I wasn't there. Despite what you think looking at me, I wasn't there. Right? But, but, but this I do know, that as God creates generously and exuberantly, one of the things he seems to have built into creation is that you reproduce after your own kind. If I if I've got the measles and mumps syndrome, you know, if I've got measles, it doesn't matter how much I talk to you about mumps. If I've got measles and you connect with me, you're going to catch measles. You reproduce after your own sort, and so if you sow generously, you reap generously. If you if you don't, then you don't. And and, and this principle of giving which you can trace right back, right back through Scripture. Do you know what? It actually predates the law and the prophets. We were, com- and the fall, let me say, we're commanded to do this stuff by God, not as a result of the fall, not a result of prophetic. This is just written into nature. It's what's called a preordinance covenant with God. And one of the reasons, can I suggest two reasons for that? First of all, because it reflects the nature of God. And secondly, because it it increases our dependence upon him. So you give 
till it squeaks. Why is that? Because it blesses God, it blesses other people, it reflects his nature, and it means we are dependent upon him. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't, re- he doesn't need your time, and he needs nothing. But he wants it. Because there's so much that he wants to do with it, with you and through you. Something else I think that it, that's right in there in that, in that passage um, which is to do with attitude. In the very next verse, actually, each of you should give, and Matt's already touched on this this morning in his notice about two weeks' time, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, but not reluctantly, not begrudgingly, nor under compulsion. Oh, come on, you're Zio people. You live to give, don't you? Good. I hope so. Five of you anyway. That's great. Fantastic. This is about, this is not just about amounts, and this is not just about time, and this is not just about energy, it's not just about open homes. It's about your heart. It's about a heart attitude. It's said in Philippians chapter 2, and it's describing Jesus, and the Apostle Paul, same writer as in this letter, says you should have the same attitude, phroneo. You should have the same think, feel, do. You should have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Jesus was an extravagant, exuberant giver, generous in blessing, and we should be also. And what does it say in there? You'll know. This is very famous, isn't it? For God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> and, and you'll know, probably you'll have heard speakers say it, that the, the, the little word there, cheerful, is from the original language, New Testament Greek, hilaros, which gives us the word hilarious. hilarious. I, I sometimes think our giving is sort of almost panic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he doesn't mean that. It means giving hilariously, giving exuberantly, giving generously, sowing, sowing and reaping. And yet I found, I, I, found different, I found different attitudes, three common attitudes, which I found at different times, different seasons in my own life, and therefore I had to deal with them in me. <laughs> I think, you know, the attitude that we can live with, which is, you know, it's all, it's all right talking about two weeks' time and you know, budgets and what, what expansion and this, that, and other. But what you don't understand is um, I haven't got very much. I have, I have very little. I have very little to give, so I haven't got very much. So, uh, you know, I can't really, uh, I can't really give. I can't really. You, listen, you've always got 100% of whatever it is that you've got. Can I say that again? You hear me? You've always got 100% of whatever it is that you've got. I think about the widow's might. We're not talking about amounts here. We're talking about heart. We're talking about replicating the heart of God. God loves a hilarious giver. I found another, on occasions, oh, God, forgive me. On, on, on occasions, I found another attitude within me, which is a kind of a, well, do you know what? I, I'm not on a salary. I haven't been on a salary since 1985. I live by the kindness and the faithfulness uh, of God, uh, but I work hard. I do work hard. I'm I'm sixty. I'm sixty-five now. Thank you. That's the correct response. I just pause there for a moment. I, it could have been a bit louder from more of you, but you know, and uh, <laughs> and I'm still working hard. I'm still doing like I don't know on average. I don't know forty to sixty-hour weeks, something like that. I used to work a lot more than that. Sometimes I used to work way too much. That's not what God wants either. 
spend a lot of my time trying to slow Matt down in that kind of department, let me tell you. But I have sometimes found seeds in my heart, to my attitude of, well, I don't know whether I've got a lot or a little, but actually what I've got, I earned it. I'm blinking, well, earned that. I worked hard for that. And do you know what? When we have that attitude or the seeds of that attitude in our heart, it transmits from our heart to the ends of our fingers. And we end up with what I call sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. And God loves to bless people in every way, not just financially, (laughs) that he knows don't have sticky fingers. Where stuff, whether it's time or love or relationship or energy or open table or open home or ministry or money or love, whatever it is, forgiveness, whatever it is, doesn't stick with us, but goes through us. So we are blessed by a God of blessing in order that we might be a blessing. That's biblical all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. And I found that attitude sometimes lurking in me. And, and then the, 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 the final bit that I found sometimes is, is, okay, all right, okay, well, I understand. I understand the principle. I, I actually personally, and this is just a personal statement, but let me make it. Uh, I personally don't believe in tithing. I think tithing is an Old Testament principle uh, te- where you give 10% of first fruits. In other words, you give before you t- pay tax and all the rest of it. Uh, I think in the New Testament, Jesus expands that. So it's not tithing anymore. It's tithing plus. It's that and. Most people who say, I don't believe in tithing, I've discovered, say, because they want to give less than 10%. But actually, I think it's more than that. And it's a heart thing, not a law thing anymore. And so this whole attitude of, well, uh, I give, I give, but the rest of it is mine. No. All of it comes from God, and all of it belongs to God. I... I, uh, I used to work with a guy many, many years ago who was a very, 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 very gifted mime artist, a guy called Jeffrey Stevenson, if any of you ever remember him. And he used to do a, he used to do a, a mime which was all about giving. And uh, it was fantastic, and it's so impactful. And this, I can't do it justice, but, the, but basically the mime would go like this. He mimed that he was, um, he was sitting in a, in, a, in a church meeting and he was sitting in a row in the con- and it was time for the offering, just like we had earlier and the buckets come out and the bucket comes in front of him and it stops in front of him for him to give and he looks at it and he looks at the person holding the bucket and he goes, all mimed and he reaches into his pocket with loose change and puts it in the bucket. Still in front of him. So he reaches into another pocket and he throws what's in that pocket into the bucket. <laughs> They're still there. And he's thinking, oh, okay, this is a bit demanding, but uh, what, what do I do next? So he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out his wallet. And by now he's really feeling quite, oh, what's going on? And then he gets the wallet and he throws it in there. And the person's still standing in front of him with the bucket. So he takes his shirt off. I'm not going to do that, all right? And he take, takes his shirt off and he throws it. And the person's still standing. And the mime finished. I've not done it justice, but the mime finished with Jeffrey going, And he jumped into the bucket. And that's what God's after. Not an attitude of, I haven't got very much, 
Not an attitude of, well, I earned it after all. Not an attitude of, well, all right, I'll give, but the rest of it is mine. But an attitude where we jump into the bucket. We actually give ourselves. Let me move us on as I draw towards uh, a conclusion. In verse 8, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all I said, look out for the all, all things, all times, all that you need, you'll abound in all good works or every good work. And I do believe, <laughs> you have to be careful where you say this and then explain it or you get, you get shot for it really, but I do believe in a prosperity gospel. I do believe in a God who wants to bless. But the reason why he does it is so that we can give it away so that we can bless other people way above what we ever thought we could. God has blessed us in, in ways that I never thought possible. I stand on the edge now of deliberately having heard from God, slowing down in my ministry life to give more time and attention to my wife and my children, and God willing, maybe grandchildren at some point, and my friends and my neighbours and my local church and mission in the Strath where I live in the highlands of Scotland. And, and that's all, all wonderful, wonderful stuff but God has blessed me so that I can bless other people not keep it to myself jumping into the bucket let me um, let me point us a couple of steps further in verse 12 uh, verse 12 this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people so this is not just about giving to Zio the purpose of Zio is not Zio. Can I say, the purpose of Zio is not Zio. Zio is just a vehicle. The purpose of Zio is to be a blessing out there to the community, to be a blessing, to give away and to give away. And that's what it's talking about here in Scripture in this context. You're not just giving time and energy and money and relationships and open hearts and open hope, hope to keep this thing going, this thing has a purpose. And the purpose is to bless others. So you, of course you're giving to the family. That's called koinonikos in the New Testament. Fellowship, which literally means giving from a generous place. Fellowship, that's what the word literally means. But it's also, as I alluded earlier, uh, and that takes us to verse 13, it's giving to all. It's also missional. I read, I read it this morning, actually. Uh, Matt gave me a copy of the email that's just gone around the church with a summary of what you did last year. Have any of you read that yet before you came? A few, okay. If you haven't, it came, I think, this morning. So it'll go, brilliant. It'll appear in the post. It goes on email today. So you, please, please take the time and read it. I read it this morning, and I, it blessed my socks off to see what you as a church have been able to facilitate out there in the last year has been phenomenal. But it's God. It's godly. And it requires our giving. So, let me tell you, let me tell you one, let me tell you one last, last little story, uh, which I, uh, affects us in Scotland, actually, because I don't know whether you know, but... Um, parts of Scotland and as you go into the Northern Isles it gets even more extreme were massively influenced by the Vikings 
and the name places and the towns and the villages have got, especially as you go north, 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 have got really weird sort of Nordic sounding names and Nordic sounding language. And the Vikings overran uh, the the uh, uh, the islands and the highlands uh, and occupied us for quite a long time. Um, the Lord of the Isles originally was a Viking. Uh, and um, there's a story told, which I, th I think is true, as far as I can research, I think it's true, that as they invaded and came into uh, Scotland, this is about the 7th and 8th century, uh, there was a, a huge spiritual tussle going on, because, of course, in Scotland, from Ireland, we were also influenced by Celtic Christianity, which is a much purer form, in my view, of another form of Christianity that came in from the southeast. Um, and that was a wonderful thing, the Celtic Christianity, helping people engage with God and nature and redeeming things and so on. I've got time to, to go into that. But suddenly the Viking culture and the Celtic Christianity culture were clashing and Vikings began to get saved. Like, like really, in their droves and droves, they began to get saved. And so the Celtic church of the day, great as they were, embracing and encouraging and including, uh, gathered these people into their midst and began to baptize them. But the story is that for some of the Vikings, as they got baptized, they went down in the waters of baptism, but they held up their sword arm out of the water. And the idea was, I'm giving everything, but I'm not giving that. I'm keeping that for myself. I can't trust God to look after me. I can't trust God to keep me safe. I can't trust God to provide for me. So I'll get baptized but I'm not that bit. I'm keeping that bit for myself. Zio. Live to give. Not just money, but yes, including money. You know how it works. <laughs> Nothing gets done without some of that. You know how tough it is at the moment, which is why you, we need to guard our heart attitudes. We've got people making choices at the moment between food on the table or heat in the house. And I get that, and we want to be looking out for them in the church, but also looking out for them through the church. So I get that it's tough. I get that it's tough. But if this is a time for cutting back, please hear my heart. Dare I suggest that our giving is the last thing that we cut back on and not the first thing. Let's not keep our arms out of the washing, cleansing waters of following Jesus because we don't dare or we don't think that he could or that he would look after or keep safe or provide for us, because he surely will. Zio Church, live to give. This is that. Be an image bearer of a generous, generous God of blessing. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to hand it back to Matt because we're going to do what I understand you've been doing for a wee while now, which is we're going to break bread together. We're going to have communion. There are stations around the room. We're going to have communion together, which is fantastic. In the context of that, once that started to flow, I really also would love there to be, either Matt or I will trigger it, but I would love there to be an opportunity just to pray for some folk this morning for you to actually distinctly, intentionally indicate that you could do with some prayer this morning. Now, that might be that you need prayer for healing. 
It might be that you need prayer for resources, including finances. It might be that you're about to change. In fact, it is for someone here. You're about to change job, and you're deeply nervous about that. Uh, and God just wants to put his peace and, and faith within you. Uh, it, it might be that actually... God's speaking to you right now, giving you a figure, a sum right now, and you're thinking, oh, really? And you need a bit of faith and someone to stand with you in that. It, it, it could be, and I gain a strong sense of this this morning in, in, in praying uh, for you guys, uh, it might be that for some of you, a couple here, I think, as in two people, uh, who need to come home, need to come back. I'm not just talking about Zio, maybe it's that. But much more importantly, come back to Dad. Come back to the Father's heart. You've been running. You've been off running. Come back, come back. Come back. I certainly want us to be praying this morning. Um, and again, I think Matt was sensing it uh, as, he, as he led us earlier. Uh, there's healing that needs to break out in this place. I'm currently suffering with what I think is a double ear infection. Um, so I need some of that, although I actually feel an awful lot better than I did when I came in here. Uh, yeah. um, but it would be great to pray for people. For you. you see, you see, you see, you see. God is a generous, exuberant, extravagant God of blessing so that you can be blessed, so that you can bless others. So Father, come now, I pray, by your Holy Spirit, Rest upon this place. Fill us afresh with your wonderful, wonderful Holy Spirit. Do us good because that is your heart. That's foundational. You are a God of blessing. Do us good that we in turn might do others good. And in two weeks' time, let us raise the roof in our giving financially with love, with life, with energy, with open hearts, with open homes, with forgiveness. Break out again, O oh God, in this your zeal people. In Jesus' name we pray and for his glory. Amen. Thank you, Pete. Uh, church, just before we, um, we sing and take communion and we respond to that prayer thing, let me just like say something which I hope will encourage you. Um, I, I mentioned this briefly in the last month, but you'll know that we've been looking at um, wanting to reduce our expenditure and, and cutting our staff costs by about 20%. And uh, Amy and I were praying about that. And about two months ago, we, we kind of felt the Lord say, look, even if someone wrote a check for the church for a million pounds, that I needed to cut 20% of my time with the church. Um, and I talked to the family about that, talked to Pete about that, because that's, you know, a bit scary. Um, but we came to a place where we thought, no, God's, this is what God's saying. Still 30 hours a week committed to this church from the 1st of September, but from the 1st of September, I'm 20% less, both time and money. And when we wrestled with that, we prayed about that, and we came to a conclusion that, yeah, definitely God has saying this, and so we're going to do that. Literally, the next day, God started to provide money to cover the gap. And, uh, and we can see how the next two or three months are going to play out for us. And then we're in faith again. Because um, God wants to put us in a new place of faith.
And so, so I'm just saying that to you that like, you know, obedience is challenging and it's stretching, but he is our provider in everything, not just finance, in everything. And we're all learning, we're learning to, to really understand what that means. So in all of these things, whether today you saw the kids and you think maybe God is inviting you to be part of the kids team or the youth team, and you're thinking, oh, you know, can I do that? If you feel God saying it, do it, see what will happen. And as we look to take up in two weeks' time a special offering or in the two or three weeks after that, if you need to wait until after payday, if you feel like, well, God said this, this is what I'm going to do, and you just trust him for the, for the provision, whether it's serving, giving, whatever it is, and we'll see what God will do.